Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. The Denisons, the Denisons, the busiest in the biz. You do know who it is. It's Dennis Quaid. That's him. Joining me today on the Denisons is my hilarious and talented co-star from the movie Inner Space, Martin Short. Joe Dante, who directed us in the film, will also be here as I host our mini inner space reunion and we talk about how the movie came to be and the fun we had making it. I hope you enjoy it as much as we did. Here we are on the Denisons, and we are having a testosterone <laughs> reunion of inner space. <laughs> Yes, all guys, except for if, uh, not many females. No, no, some do, some do, though. I'm here, <laughs> yes, but I'm here with the magnificent, the wonderful, the art, the Artur, Mr. Joe Dante. Are you going to sing that song that Pat Kiko used to uh, make everybody sing? Yo, Dante. <laughs> Joe Dante. Oh. Whoa, whoa. Oh, 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 oh. Yeah. whoa, 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 and Mr. Oh, thank Marty you. Short, thank who you hardly so much. needs an thank introduction. You. Yes, at he's today he's yes. here as himself, exactly. Marty Short. Yes, but he played Jack, Jack Putter in Inner Space. Jack no. Putter, not Potter. That was it is. And you have me, Dennis Quaid, who played that's Tuck right, Pendleton. Yes. I guess my last name came from Camp. <laughs> you know what? There's no reason to overthink <laughs> this project. That's, we found that out. Well, <laughs> we that's found what that I out deep in my research. <laughs> deep. Yeah, we really found that out. But anyway, what, uh, we did the, what year was it that we did this movie? 80, well, it came 80. out in 87. We actually shot it in 86. Did we shoot yes. through Christmas? That's true. We started shooting in the summer of 86. Wow. And basically went till Christmas. Right. That's right. Yes. In San Francisco and in Los Angeles and right. Warner Brothers lot. I do. And up at yeah. and up at Island. And uh Industrial Light and Magic, where we did all the scenes with you in the pod. In the pod, all by myself. With Marty was kind enough to actually Well, you'd done you'd done the same for me. You you would we would go and do a scene. But Dennis would have to go to a little pod area and just kind of talk to me, feed my off-camera lines. But that's why, that's one of the reasons that the mm -hmm. picture works so well, is because, uh, you know, instead of pre-recording yes. it all, which is what used to be done, uh, we had a, a gizmo that our sound guy, Ken King, came up with, which allowed these guys to be on the set all the time and ad-lib and talk to each other. And, and the relationship is so much better because of it. Yeah, I mean, it's the comic timing, which I'm still looking for, but at least 
I could rely <laughs> on Marty's for that. But anyway, we made the movie in 86. It came out in 87 and it went right to the top. Everyone expected it to be a huge hit. Oh, yeah. If you remember, we were already getting congratulations on the on the Thursday night and the Friday. That's why they figured they didn't have to sell it because they liked it so much. So like, let's just let's not let's do a poster yeah, that doesn't have any people on. Let's just do a poster that has a big thumbnail that's, on it. And we'll, that's t- true. And we'll call it Interspace, which yeah. happens to be the same uh, title as the Monsanto ride in Disneyland, because uh, we never could think of anything better. The poster looked like a science fiction movie with uh, nobody's no face comedy. on it. it nowhere, nowhere did it say comedy. This is, this is but a comedy. But it did say like, Steven Spielberg you presents. You hammer that it's a comedy. Which is the important yes, part. Yes, it did. <laughs> <laughs> it still yes. didn't help, but that's uh, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. Did they have your name at all, Joe? Stephen had been burned by people uh, thinking that he directed movies that he was presenting, and so he insisted that I use a Joe Dante film, which is I know, which I've ne- I never had used because I just don't I don't believe it. I don't like it. Uh, and he said, okay, we'll, we'll just, we'll just do that on the poster. And then you can, the movie will just be regular with regular credits and stuff. And, and, and it was, it was the only time I ever had to do it. So the film came out and I remember, uh, you know, hearing word that it was just going to be amazing. And then I called you, Joe, actually, I remember the call right before I was going to travel to Tahiti with Meg and and said, hey, man, it's great. And you went, oh, yeah, it would be great, but I it's I told not. you to stay in Tahiti. <laughs> it just wasn't. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, and it just, it just took a. The, 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 the phrase the LA Times like used that. was crash and burn. Ah. Uh-huh. But ironically, uh, it, 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 it was, was well reviewed. It was well reviewed, except for the ones that accused me of misogyny. Um, but. Uh, later, it was one of the first pictures to come out on DVD, at VHS rather, and le- it was and it was Letterbox, which was unusual. Oh. And suddenly, it became extremely popular on video, and people started giving it to people. and And now, it has this tremendous cult following of people who think it was a big hit when it came out theatrically. Well, yes, I, everybody thinks so it was I, a big I don't big like hit. to disabuse them of the notion because it sounds good to me, but in fact, it was not. Well, I have been in India, in the wilds of India, and heard behind my back <laughs> inner space. And talk, 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 is here. Talk, talk about <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. And uh, it actually is the number one movie worldwide that I am recognized for, even more than the wow. movie trap, which and that's got Lindsay Lohan. Yeah, that's all word of mouth. <laughs> no, and, and not only that, I remember being interviewed three years ago for uh, The New Yorker. And the guy, the interviewer was about 34 or something. And we talked about interspace. He said, I loved interspace. And he went on and on about interspace. And when I told him that it wasn't a big box office hit, he went, what are you talking about? How is that possible? No, because in his mind, it was gone with the wind. No, it has a it has without a great the racism. Base, you know. <laughs> People just won't. Yeah, well, yeah, it, because it, it doesn't seem like it's just it has hit all over. Because truthfully, Joe, you made a great film. No, it's a wonderful film. It's a lot of fun. I, I never had more fun making a picture. Yeah, 
And I think a, a lot of that was due to you guys and the rest of the cast. I mean, having we having, did have fun having Marty on uh, having Marty seven take months 10 of fun and have it be completely different from take one. <laughs> it, was, it was extremely unusual for me. Yeah. And then he would beg me in Catherine Hepburn's voice, one more take, Joe, please. One more. And I need one Come more. Come on, Joe. Let me have one more. Spencer would have. <laughs> exactly. Oh, I don't know, Kate. John, you're not involved. No one gives a damn. <laughs> Duke my ass. Okay. Well, we're going out on a date with Cary Grant, and I don't know what to Give Cary my best, and he will show you his best, I'm sure. Yeah, but you, Marty and I would uh, sit in the trailer. It was a seven-month shoot, joined at the hip, and just uh, comment on what went by our trailer. It was a ride. It was so much fun. Uh, we really got, to, really, really got to know one another. I was there. I had nothing to do but be there for Marty. I would basically just be on a microphone that was... You wore, That's right. You wore an That's right. I do believe, right? Yeah, even before Ellen was ever thought of doing that. Uh, and that's the way we Yeah, that's it. right. That and it was great, too, because then you became eyes to say, you know, I'd do a dance and I'd say, gee, is that too big? And I'd maybe say that to the AD, was that too big? And I'd hear him, ear. no, that was great. <laughs> <laughs> and then you'd oh, ask, I'd ask anybody. The electrical uh, grips. Absolutely. I'm still need for approval, you know. And <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, at no yeah. time in my career have yeah. I ever asked, is that too small? <laughs> no, I think I believe in freedom takes. I think the gimmick of an actor is that you make everyone love you and think you're the greatest human being in the world. And then so when you weasel more takes out of, like, say, a director, <laughs> um, they'll say, OK, yeah. he's so cute and lovable. <laughs> And then, and then I go home and say, you know, it's up to you. You have so many options. It's up to you to screw me up. That's true. A lot of stuff is done in that. Yes. Again, as you know, yeah. I mean, you can make a good performance look terrible and vice versa. Joe, how did the, how did well, the movie come about? Well, I was approached by Peter Gruber, uh, who had apparently never heard of Fantastic Voyage and had been given this uh, script by a guy named Chip Prozier which was a straight spy movie with the spot. And I said, this plot is ridiculous. You can't expect to make a straight spy movie out of this. And so I went off and did my stuff and he went off and did his stuff. And by the time it circled back around to me, it had been rewritten by Jeff Bohm uh, with the concept, what would happen if Dean Martin was shrunk down and injected inside Jerry Lewis? <laughs> and that I understood. I said, okay, I get that. Uh, but then, and then Steven Spielberg had become involved, but, uh, Steven wanted Robert Zemeckis to do it. And Zemeckis thought it was too much. Well, he's, he's awfully good. Well, he thought it was too much in the vein of Back to the Future. So he said no. And so I inherited it, which was interesting because I was the guy (laughs) they went to first. Uh, and, and Peter Gruber was a lot of fun to work with because he was never around. Uh, John Peters, on the other hand, um, was a real pain in the ass. Uh, he didn't like the movie, he didn't like the actors, he didn't like me, and he kept uh, going to the dailies at Warner Brothers with the executives and bad-mouthing the movie while it was running in the dailies. I got Steven to to ban him from those dailies that he could have to go into his own dailies, you know, by himself. Uh, But uh, I think he was behind the impetus. (laughs) I love it when executives really understand the movie they're making. The impetus was, you know, Marty Short isn't really that attractive. Don't you think we should get somebody more like Dennis Quaid to play that part? 
And so there was all there was there was a lot of behind the scenes stuff going on that you guys weren't aware of, and, and it, it culminated in uh, they were they were all upset about the movie. It wasn't going well. They said, you know, because John Peters wasn't allowed. And so I had a meeting with Steven Spielberg, and he said, you know, what, what I've been here before. What you got to do is you got to fire somebody. And and uh, you know, I I think they would prefer that you fire Marty, but <laughs> since you've already shot a third of the picture, it's probably not a good idea. However, there was this other actor who was playing Mr. Igo, the bad guy, named Luca Bercovici. Oh, was he Luca, a tall guy? Tall, skinny guy. Uh, played Black it as, hair, spiky. Yep, it was also a director. He played, his father was a writer, famous writer. And um, he played it as a sort of a Brooks Brothers kind of a, a guy. And um, they said, Steven said, oh, we'll, we'll replace him with somebody. And I, so Mike Fennell and I were given the task of inviting this actor to the office to tell him that for no reason whatsoever, he is not going to be in the movie anymore. Uh, and it was really painful. Uh, anyway, we, we ended up hiring Vernon Wells, who had been in um, Road Warrior. And, and ultimately, of course, it was a better match for the picture because Vernon was very bulky and scary looking. And he, he, played, he, he played it like Jack Yeah, Collins, he was very and, scary. And so right, was, right, right. And, and so... Yes, he was the guy that yeah, put, like put on right. the vibrator onto it. Right, his hand. he was and, and so it was. It, it it worked out, but it was it was it was it was painful. You yeah. know, yeah. He and Fiona a great made couple. A, a yes, really <laughs> comic duo, and so did Marty and I. And I also resist. Marty is a very thank you very much, man. Dennis. Really. It's, it, you should yeah. see him with his clothes on. Yeah. Well, you have, That's but all I, I haven't. Right? <laughs> <laughs> you were in the trailer a long time. So. We were we were joined at the hip. Eventually, those two hips have to bathe. <laughs> <laughs> Why did they even start shooting it? Was he uh, I think, well, you know, the, the, Gooper and Peters were good, good cop, bad cop. I mean, that was the way that they operated. And I guess John wasn't right. that fond of this picture, or maybe he came on late, or I don't know what it was, but he just had an animus about it. Uh, Did he read I it? I presume he read it. Um, but, you know, maybe he read Chip Frozier's version. Chip Frozier, who has his picture, his name on the picture three times, and I never met. And the one quote I've read from this guy is, I cashed the checks, but I've never been able to sit through the movie. <laughs> I watched the movie again last night, and I have to say the movie still really stands up. There are set pieces of comedy uh, in this in this film that are, are just amazing. Uh, the, there's well, the chase scene. I think it was the, like the only chase scene through San Francisco <laughs> since Bullet, uh, for that that they actually allowed cars on the street. And uh, you know, there was my Mustang, you and you hanging off. That's the, right. How safe was that? I wonder. Right. Well, it was it was it was comparatively safe because you had that comparatively uh, safe. No. You had that steel bar. That I did. I did up, up your pants, so to speak. You're telling me. But we had <laughs> there's an amazing amazing part of the scene where you like the the door swings right, open and then I have one leg in Meg's car. Meg, right. Meg is in my Mustang. Yeah, yeah, and then you actually kind of are able to let go of the truck, and you are perched atop the windshield of the convertible, and try to keep your balance and it's your face and no it was him how did they do it that? was me yeah it was him there's a it was one of the last things we shot before we finished in san francisco and there'd been a big party 
the night before. Like, because, you know, I think we were shooting on the Monday and then we were leaving. And it was a big party. And I just remembered that one of the uh, stunt guys are hooking me up and I could just smell vodka coming out of his pores of his face. I thought, oh boy, this is, this is, if we, you know, it's like, you know, the motto, what do you feel comfortable telling the cops? This is one thing I'd mention. Oh, by the way, <laughs> I know the stunt guy was reeked of alcohol. Is that, should I have stopped then? Or, oh, well. Well, they'll never know. No, they'll never know. We won't tell. It really, truly is like uh, one of the uh, most amazing chase scenes. It, you know, a lot of the set pieces remind me of uh, it's yeah. a mad, 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 mad world in a way. And the way they came off and uh, you know, a lot of comedians and comedic actors are used throughout. It's just, and it's, it's also amazing. a two, it's a two hour long comedy, which is really rare. Joe, I think you told me um, that at the big premiere in LA, which I was not at the big screening premiere, because I was already at my cottage mm. in Canada, but that you said that uh, Goober and Peter kept high fiving each other throughout the whole film. Like we did it. That was at the uh, preview. Yeah, the, preview. Uh, the audience That's preview. Right. Uh, this That's this right. is when they decided it was a great movie. And they're all and, as if they had made it themselves. Oh, yeah, it was, yeah, it that's scored, right. It scored, it scored, yeah, it, it scored like higher. Oh, it was than insane scores in the, the 90s. And the that's comedy they ever had. Yeah. Either you or Steven, someone told me that there, there was a lot of high fiving. Like, oh, wow. No, there's a we lot did. of high fiving. They were yeah. all, people who had nothing to do with the picture were high fiving each other because that's the way it works. <laughs> <laughs> and then you figure, well, you don't have to advertise this. They're just going to come out of the woodwork to see it, you know? Yeah, it's true. And, you know, yeah. they, re they reissued it. They, they reissued it uh, with a different poster. That's about, right. Uh, later in the summer, I think. Uh, and, of course, it still didn't. <laughs> nobody, by then, it was an old movie and nobody went. Yeah. Uh, yeah, originally it came out, I think, yeah, around it was. July. And there was a lot of competition. I, I do believe. Yeah. Well, yeah. That's the Will yeah. Smith weekend as it, as it usually goes and they did reissue it i mean that's sort of like what they did with Bonnie and Clyde, <laughs> well that was after they just but they were told by the also a reissue <laughs> but yeah exactly it oh bonnie and clyde bomb when it first came out oh yeah and got yes, terrible reviews and they they yeah and they waited for like four months and then put it out in, uh in the fall and it turned into a big hit. wow and uh, largely atop Faye Dunaway's fashion, but it, it's the only time I, I, I know. Yeah, it doesn't happen that often. But, uh, completely changed course. Well, there's a story about the producers and that everyone felt it was too much too soon. Mel Brooks, producer, and Peter Sellers saw it at a screening and became obsessed with it and was making a film in L.A. and had would have a Friday night screening of the producers, every, invite everyone influential. And then it kept building steam. And then they, I think it got nominated for an Oscar. Interspace won uh, an Oscar for special yes, effects. The only closest, right. closest I'll ever get to an Oscar. Based exactly. on Marty Short's face. face. <laughs> 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 yeah. well, those effects are good. still pretty good today. They are. That was Rob Bottin doing yes. that, pushing that, all that air up into your face. Meg, who couldn't be with us today, I was, uh, that's too bad. I was thinking maybe w the three of us, we could stalker call all of the, uh, <laughs> the women in, in the shawls. <laughs> just, just check in. And we're doing it. Two. 
I wanted to check well, your availability. Yeah. Some, of the, some of the other actors aren't. Fiona but... Lewis, I always see, see her in Giorgio's, the restaurant. Yeah. Kevin McCarthy. Yeah, I so love Kevin McCarthy show. because yeah. um, I love when people have these great stories in their brains, but they also have the wherewithal to share them. And he had so many great stories telling me about working with Marilyn Monroe and the Misfits. Yeah. And how uh, they were supposed to shoot at 8.30 in the morning and she showed up at 5 p.m. <laughs> <laughs> at the courthouse. Yeah. Just right yeah. before Elizabeth Taylor who shows up. It was always late. You know. I mean, he had some prophetic lines in there too. I mean, he was Miniaturization, talking about where, that's the ticket. We're the new the new thing. What that's the ticket. Yeah, it's junk space. That's that's over. That's useless. Yeah, it's a useless junkyard of orbiting debris. That's yeah. what it's gonna wind up. Yeah. Very prophetic. That's 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 what's going on now. And everything is getting smaller. It's all yeah. bots now. Yes. Hey, me having that Mustang was that mm -hmm. uh that red Mustang, which it's it's a hard car to find nowadays. Was it, I think it was a GT. Was was that a yeah. reference to Bullet? Yeah. By the way, on, on the streets of San Francisco, that candy red. It was it was a beautiful car. I would have loved to have had that as a, as a, as a ratio, <laughs> now you tell me. But, but, but <laughs> yeah, we but, got no rap gifts. I don't think. <laughs> but uh, so, uh, what did it what did it do for? Everybody's career. I, I would say probably very little. Um, now, Mar Marty, had you already made Cross My Heart? No, I would do that next. I made I'd made Three Amigos. Right. Three Amigos. And yeah, um, yeah, yeah but you know, success. Three Amigos was a box office disappointment. It didn't. Yeah, it didn't it bomb was. bomb. But we were second to Golden Child at Eddie Murphy's Golden Child. Mm. So I mean. Again, people don't remember that, but that's what it was. So Inner Space now is like this. Cross My Heart was a small film anyway. So I was basically finishing the movies. Thanks to you, Joe. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> Back to vaudeville for me. It was at that place where people were actually really starting to yeah. rent videos. And, that was, and yeah. that was before DVDs. And so you could get it on beta or VHS. And... Uh, but that's, that's how that's happened right. to a lot of pictures from the eighties. I mean, the, the Burbs is another movie I made that was, you know, it did okay in, in, in theaters, but then it became this, you know, right cult, cult movie, and everybody quotes the dialogue and all that stuff. But uh, Gremlins, uh, What year did you make Gremlins? Eighty four, and uh, I mean that I was it's such a huge. I mean, film. No, nobody expected nobody expected it to be it. Uh, anything because it was sort of. <laughs> Spielberg's folly. They said, well, he wants to make this cheap horror film and it's for his first movie for his new company and we want him on the lot, so let him do it. Uh, and then they saw it and they hated it and uh, and they didn't understand it. And then they had a preview and suddenly, oh, oh <laughs> looks like we can make some money with this. Um, so now that now it's a classic. You were like the underdog. You would prove people yeah, the, wrong. The trick is to try money. to get somebody who will let you make the movie you want to make and not try to talk you out of it. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's their, pro they all, I don't, I don't, I feel a responsibility. It's their money. It's their project. You know, I'm, I'm just trying to do my best. And when they come and they tell me, I don't know what I'm doing, which unfortunately they did during um, the scene in, uh, 
interspace where Marty, uh, we're shooting a scene where Marty goes into Baba Cardo's uh, hotel room and hits him. And uh, I get a call. They come to the, they, at lunchtime, they, they want you to come to, to the office, the high office. And I, I go there and these guys who were, who were very nice, Terry Summel and, and Bob Daly, they were, they were nice guys. And they said, you know, we just, I just don't know how to tell you. It's just, you know, it's just, it's just not funny. You know, this picture is just not funny. And we don't know what to tell you what to do, or we don't know what you're doing wrong, but we just thought you ought to know. So, oh, great. Thanks. So now I go back on my, I go back to my set (laughs) and I'm saying to myself, am I wrong? Is this, is this like not funny? Am I, am I completely on the wrong track? It was, it was a, it was a terrible thing to do to a director. You know, particularly, it's not like you're yelling at them and saying, you, you asshole, you're fucking it all up. No, they were, they were very supportive. They just didn't understand why it was not good. And of course, in the end, it was good. And they realized that. But at the time, in the dailies, they just didn't see it. Yeah. How much of comedy do you think is... Uh, well, I mean, you know, remember with Alvin Costello, well. they used to have one, one camera on just Costello and the other was a two shot. Because they always knew that they had to, in case he did something unexpected, they had to be covered. And uh, that's is spatial relationships in comedy is actually pretty important. Yeah, and with Marty, it's like he does right. ten ways from Sunday, and so you you got to be prepared to cut to the pod and me sort of looking around at all my instruments. Yeah, basically with Tuck Pendleton, I, I, in a way, I mean, I relish the role. Looking back at the booby last night, I go like, oh, I, maybe I thought I was doing something different, but I was actually basically doing Gordo Cooper <laughs> for the right stuff. <laughs> well, there's only so much you can do in that pod. Yeah, and that just suit, you know, there's no place yeah. to put your hands in those things. So it's always going to be on the hips, you know. And at the time, I was... Uh, a pilot, a new pilot. That's the way I approached it. Mm. Then there was Meg. Meg and I were not, uh, did not get together. I remember, I remember vividly because it was when we did the junket in Austin in the summer of 87, when the film came out. That's when you two told me that you were involved. She was with Anthony and uh, and I think that was with Leah during the shooting of that. And there was Absolutely zero, zero, you know, nothing. She was so glad to be there. I think she, you know, basically. Do you, yeah, do you remember how late, how, how, how late in the movie she joined? She, we, she was like, I, I think she was hired like either the day before we shot or like two days before we shot because there was a, a, a big contretemps about who was going to play that part. Well, everybody, in, every, you, every yeah. actress in town wanted this part. And, uh, and there was yeah. a particular actress who felt she was owed the part um, for reasons I won't go into, but I, I, well, I just thought it was not right for the part. So I didn't, I said no. And uh, they, we scrambled around and Stephen finally started watching soap opera tapes because that's, he's apparently an adult. Right. And that's what she was doing. She was on, on life to and, live uh, or something like that. Yeah. Lives I forgot. And I think that's yeah, where, I mean, uh, yeah. that's where and he she, found it. She was actually quite popular. Pro- probably more known than, than she you was in I a John Candy movie, it, yeah. Armed and Dangerous. But it was a small part, and yeah. she'd also been in Top Gun. Oh, of course, that was her biggie. Yeah, and she had made a movie with Kiefer Sutherland as well. No, I think she did that right after. Anyway, she went to do that movie, and then I went to do Suspect, and then along came a movie called DOA, and uh, they hired 
they hired Meg for it. So we we were in Austin. That's where uh, we got together, and then surprised Marty because we came down. At well, you were super glued together by then because we were working. Right. Yeah, and <laughs> I didn't know. Yeah, but Marty did know. Everybody in the everybody no, no, in the world knew that Marty. Surprise. <laughs> but guys, she's so good at the movie. It's it's a uh, it's it's a great part. It's it, for one thing, it was kind of a woman of power. Yeah, she was a journalist, I think, at the investigating, and she's the one that you know gets to pull the the gun on uh, the bad guys, and. She was very, very tough and matter of fact yeah. the way she handled that gun. Like, and how about those she knew shoulders? what she was doing? <laughs> yes, those padded 80 she shoulders. Looks, she looks like she's got a hanger. <laughs> so I remember one time that Meg and I were supposed to be. She's driving your red car, and uh, we're supposed to. We're shooting in San Francisco, and we're supposed to shoot, go up to a block, make a right, and go around the circle, the block. But there was a walkie in the back seat. She missed the turn, and suddenly it was the second turn, and now we were into the, uh, you know, the big parade, the Chinese parade with dragons, <laughs> and you'd hear the AD going, <laughs> we didn't have a clue where to go. It was fantastic. Yeah, it was like we San Francisco. And that was during the big, uh, is, is big parade, and we were lost in the parade. You had to send guys out to figure out where we were. And we were in a red car. We didn't know. Meg and I, and anytime we have talked about that film, has only joyful, laughing memories from that. Well, I think it did really good things for my career, actually. You know, it was actually like in a real comedy with working with other people who working with marty short i mean who who cannot make you look better? <laughs> it's just easy i was i was dean martin it was a pretty good Jerry analogy Lewis, right? and i think that's that's really i think that's oh really you sure away dean well, Jerry, oh yeah you used to do those voices yeah yeah take a little walk down hey that would be good lane. dean that scene where i'm possessed you know we we, we shot that uh, where you're in Bill Shallard's office, you're and, right. uh, and you discover you're you're hearing the voices and you're possessed. So we had we had originally shot it with I think some nameless extras, and you didn't think it was working, and I didn't think it was working. And then we looked at it, and we both didn't think it was working. And so your suggestion was let's get people that we can count on that we know to play these parts. And so we got. Um, Joe Flaherty and Joe Flaherty Andrew and Andrea Martin from SCTV, and oh. it's you know it's 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 a throwaway scene in it. Well, it's a throwaway so scene for fans. them, but they're it's actually great. really good at it. Oh, they're you know? great. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, it's one of the. Remember, she kept turning movie. a magazine she had let put in a bunch of those little things that fall out of a magazine, <laughs> but she put about eighteen of them in. So every time she turned, one of those things would fall out. Those little coupons, you know. There's a little SCTV. Let's hear it from no, SCTV was always better than Saturday Night Live. <laughs> it was more intellectual. <laughs> well, it didn't have yes. it didn't have the pressure of an audience approval. You know, that's true. We we if we thought it was funny, it therefore existed. And it was also it was also conceptual. I mean, so many yeah, and it was and, well, you, you could do, but again, you know, if you try to do conceptual on SNL, and you hear, <laughs> you kind of go, oh, I guess that's cut. You know. 
Right? In Inner Marty, Space. Um, I love that yes. film. There's a lot of scenes. I love the stuff in the grocery store at the beginning. I love when you come out of the pod and the, the kind of uh, everyone's torn, you know, Meg's torn between these one person she's fallen in love with, but one person she loves. And, um, right. And the music, I love the score. <laughs> that was a great score. Who, who did that score? Jerry Goldsmith. Who did the Jerry Goldsmith. Yeah. Genius. Uh, yeah. So it was, it's, it's but yeah, I have so only, back. only fond, yeah. happy memories of doing that film. Oh, every time a bell rings, it's an angel gets its wings. <laughs> I don't hear a bell. Well, every time a bell rings, the picture makes another $20. Yeah. <laughs> every time a bell rings, a film doesn't open. <laughs> yeah. I, I think my, my favorite scene is uh, where they're having lunch and uh, Picardo is trying to be you. Oh, it is you, right. but it's Picardo. Yeah. It's hysterical on how you, you change back into yourself. That's well, you know, you know, we actually that, that we had incredible. Marty dub that entire scene with his own voice, and then yeah. we realized that it actually it played funnier with Bob's voice. Yeah, yeah. As he actually did it, it was funny. But you know, my favorite line is in there. Remember, media <laughs> means barbecue. The sauce. Ah, ah the sauce. <laughs> Bob is a lot of fun to work with because he, he he's very loose and he makes a lot he has a lot of great ideas and he makes a lot of stuff up and um, I mean it is a good script but there's a lot of good ad libs in it. Yeah, really great. The cowboy, cowboy, the Middle Middle East, which you couldn't cowboy. do today. And there, there were, yeah, and we were everybody. We wanted that other chip, you know, to for the deminiaturization thing that's also in that scene that they're fighting over. Now that chip. This is what I don't understand. It's like in, a, in today's, you fast forward to today, 2020, the chip looks like a cog or, or, or like a burr. It's, it is the strangest thing I've ever seen. Cause I, I well, it was I state no of the art. To it in, <laughs> yeah, so, solid, solid state of the art. I expected like, you know, a, a tube uh, to be, coming out of these cathode tube <laughs> or whatever they are. Do you, do you have a favorite it's scene yourself, I mean, I, You know, one of the best scenes is the scene is Marty's dance scene, and that was a uh, reshoot. It wasn't even a reshoot. It was an add-on. After we after we finished the picture, uh, we Stephen decided it needed another piece of action, so we shot the stuff with you going into the heart, which had not been in there. Where the you know, and then we also right. uh, to beef up the relationship. We wanted we we brought him back to your apartment and looked at the picture of her, and then right. uh, he did this dance, which is you know, yeah, with Sam Cooke yeah. twisting the, the night away, right? That's yeah. In fact, we have several Sam. Cooke it's a pretty funny scene, scene, I do believe, right? And then it's I did a, a shoot scene. before the film opened with Rod Stewart. Remember, he was saying, "Oh, that's right." That was a right. a music video, right? Yeah, I shot a video. Just before the film opened. Oh, there's what killed it. Yeah. <laughs> That's what <Really>? killed it. <laughs> <laughs> so it was like, we were doing... that was in the heyday of MTV, yeah, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. And what were you doing in the video, yeah, by the way? I would that? like where to know about this. And how come I wasn't they, they, in they, it? They were going with the money. 
No, I think that uh, <laughs> you can go to the YouTube and you can find it. And it's Twisting the Night Away, Rod Stewart, Martin Short. And it's a lot of me doing uh, back, basically the same dance is in the uh, in Tuck's uh, apartment. It was a whole day shoot. I got to hang with Rod Stewart. I thought that was pretty cool. He was very nice. Uh, no, that's when they thought that this film was going to be like, uh, you know, there was Titanic, there is inner space, <laughs> you know? Yes. Or once they got he Rod Stewart to, to do he the killed video, it. they knew it was, <laughs> they knew it was yeah. going to never work. We had a chance before we got Rod Stewart in. Turn, it turned into edge. Titanic. Yeah. <laughs> to, to literally the Titanic. I get it. <laughs> Oh, man. It was so much fun making that movie. I mean, that's the way I remember my films is, is not necessarily by how well they did or whatever. I have a completely different reference. It's, it's the, it's the experience. Well, I they're, had not, they're not all, they're not all fun. <laughs> and this was definitely up there. One of the top five experiences and a lot of things happened. I mean, you know, wound up uh, with, with Meg as well. And uh, here's, here's another prophetic uh, scene is when you kiss meg right and so that the the pod with me that's right goes into meg for a short period of time as as a comic device i guess or whatever but then i'm, I'm trying to figure out where i am and i i guess i'm roaming around yeah. her system and i well i wind up in her uterus for for some reason and i see a, a note, uh, <laughs> a, a a a baby, with a notepad. I see a baby there, and it, it just so happened that your name was Jack, and that it was just a coincidence. We named Jack Jack. Oh, it wasn't Without a coincidence. It. it was it on didn't purpose. Even catch that until later. It was a homage yeah, to Marty. To no, it was destined. And by the way, yeah. what a great name, Jack. Jack Kennedy. You know, yes. who Jack does the greatest name Jack. ever? <laughs> That's that's basically why I wanted Jack because I myself wanted to be named Jack when I was a kid. As opposed to Dennis the Menace. Just, <laughs> yes. As Dinny. opposed to Dinny or Dennis the Menace or uh, or however. Or even even Den doesn't have a DQ lot of dude. strength to it. Hey Den. Den. You don't no. even want to go into the den no. of your house, let alone know a guy named Den. Right. It's just like the devil's <laughs> den. It's 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 not it really doesn't work out. You go I go by Marty. Marty. For respect. And they go I by don't know. Marty. I remember uh, one time my mother Marty. looked at uh I was playing piano in a recital. I was in you know, grade ten or something, as we say in Canada, and it said uh you know, concerto, Marty Short. And she went, I guess he'll never be known as Marty. <laughs> and so with that in mind when i became an actor i said i'll make a martin short because marty short sound like a comic hi marty short i'm only here one week you know martin short sounded did you yeah. see me martin short time? sounded like martin balsam it sounded it had a little more weight to it short didn't help that was yes. like back to the irish pub with you <laughs> it's better than small well my middle name is hater so i used to think sir martin hater See now you're talking show business. <laughs> assuming I assuming I was knighted. Well, it yeah, 
a lot of people don't know about this about you, but uh, you come from a I did. My mother was the first female concert master of the Hamilton of the Philharmonic. Yeah. You yourself. I, I played mean, you I played, played piano for a while. I mean, you were that's what you were on the road to do. You were you were like a, a, a boy. Yeah, well, I was I, I had some gifts. I could uh you could do John Wayne. <laughs> And I could yes, do I Kate Happen, and we would often, sometimes, yeah. if you could believe it, have a cocktail or two or 18, and then we'd be in the bar. Remember one time we were in a bar, and I sang Sinatra. I got up in Sinatra, and you leaped out of your chair and started dragging me by my feet like you were a fan on the ground. <laughs> Again, there might have been some alcohol involved. I'm not saying there wasn't. And you were grabbing my legs and trying to pull me off the stage like the <laughs> ultimate fan. I remember that. <laughs> well, I still am the ultimate fan, buddy. I always oh, right back at you, baby. Fan, that's for sure. Uh, I just want to know when we're doing Inner Space Three, we'll just skip two. <laughs> well, you know, it's sort of it was sort of set up for a sequel. That's how. That's how. Yeah, he that's jumped how, in that. Yeah, that that's car. how happy they were about it. Oh, well, you know, we can. He can. He gets in the car and he follows them. And now it's you know, of course, then we have to have tiny Fiona and tiny Kevin <laughs> for the entire movie. But yeah, I think the last lines of the movie were, "Doc, I'm cured. Wendy, <laughs> no chance. <laughs> Mister Morehouse, I jumped in that I car. Quit. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and away you went. That's and that's the last, the last people saw, saw that movie. movie. Get it out! Put in Golden Child too. But <laughs> yeah, I would encourage people to go to their blockbuster even now. And what year are you living in? When blockbuster? <laughs> <laughs> it's on Amazon Prime. <laughs> yeah. Was blockbuster was around then, then, yeah. back then? If big, I, uh, and we and we had the Z yeah. channel, didn't we? Right. The Z channel. That's right. That's right. That was local. Wow, I remember that. Yeah, it was local. But it was exciting to see full movies with no commercials. First movies on yeah. TV. See, that was the other that thing with Interspace. It was not just, it was these, these, these companies that were now HBO and Showtime showing these movies and having people rediscover them as well as sure. the rental. Yeah. And the whole thing, uh, yeah, that was one. You know, you know of, what HBO stands for? Hey, Beastmaster's on <laughs> that's funny i don't know if uh if well, not with the cowboy <laughs> not with the cowboy there, yeah there's there's several things that are now sort of like politically incorrect I think. hello like probably a lot but yeah. including <laughs> my whole life <laughs> but it's 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 a film that I think still stands up on its own. And well, I think it's one of the best things you guys ever did. And I'm not just saying it because I need it. I really, I really do. It, it just, it just has a classic feel to it. Well, my career has been peaks and valleys and peaks and valleys, but that, that, that was definitely a peak that came up. If you stick around long my enough, my career is always that I feel that there'll be one word on my gravestone. Almost. <laughs> <laughs> And that's fine. That's more than I thought I would have gotten. <laughs> no, no, I mean, right well, back. for years I used to you used to think it was just that. who's the witch I pissed off, you know. But, <laughs> but it's more like almost. 
what do you think it would be like for you now to be starting out in the business today? I wouldn't be able to. to when we started. I was, I was, I, I was lucky I that either. I got in when I did. Uh, we shipped a still shot on film. Uh, we had somebody give you a script that meant there was money behind it. So you had a job. Uh, and now you have to, you know, it's all late, late career Orson Welles. That's the way we all are. We just go around asking for money. We were lucky. We were lucky to get to work when we did. I mean, streaming television is, uh, I think there's a renaissance that's going on in yeah. streaming television, which is basically what was going on in uh, movies. Yeah, in but the, that's, the that's right. But uh, 1970s movies have now migrated to, uh, to streaming, but uh, all the theatrical movies are all um, big spectacles. Yeah. yeah. And the studios are making, but instead of 40 movies a year, they're making eight and mm-hmm. they don't have to be tent poles. And uh, they know how much money they're going to make before they That's a machine. Because it's programmed. Yeah. And I don't know where the three of us would fit into that. I don't know. I can't believe that we ever uh, end up owning no. homes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But... <laughs> Marty, you started like out at SCTV, right? I mean, yeah, I think I was lucky because it was a smaller pond. Uh, Toronto was, you know, brimming with a lot of great people: Danny Aykroyd, and Johnny, John Candy, and Eugene Levy, and Catherine O'Hara, and Gilda Radner. But but it was a smaller. Everyone knew each other, and it, there was no like, do I? I'll phone my manager about that. You you just said, do I bring a suit or not? I mean, mm-hmm. you just said yes to everything. So you ended up getting a lot of practical experience on front of camera, but no one had heard of you. So you could take that down to the States with a pretty good resume and a pretty good uh, film reel already. And yet no one knew you. Yeah. From the television show, from the television show, which was broadcast all over Canada. Yeah. And finally but I think that um, that gave you more confidence. But I think if, I, if, if I've been just dro- dropped in Los Angeles at 22, mm. I don't know. Because I wasn't, I wasn't going to be like a fifty-one-year-old um, waiter. I, I was going to give it a couple of years, assuming that nothing would work, and so that at fifty I could look in the mirror and say, "What if you tried being an actor?" Oh, that's right, I did, and no one hired me. <laughs> okay, you know. Well, I think you missed your calling, though, in a way, and it's still possible you could come up with a uh, a Victor Borger routine. Uh, play, oh yeah and, and but doing kind of that piano, note thing that, uh, that chico marks yeah no i could there's a lot of different things yeah you know we trouble with a seat oh yeah, well, yeah a seat. A who there. needs a seat it's when you get hit the back comedy and it's most of it most around. of it some things slip out and then you just you're you're, you're canceled <laughs> just can't help it you're canceled oh, i'm sorry i'm sorry i should have said that i'm 40 years down the drain <laughs> Well, you know, it's funny with satirists. I mean, that is a thing with satire, is that satire makes fun of the person that would say such a thing. I mean, that's the traditional of satire. You know, you make fun of, you play the racist on stage, but you're actually making fun of the racist. Um, But that's, you can't do that anymore. Don Rickles, Don Rickles was not a racist, but he was kind of satirizing the guy that would say these things at the end of the bar. Do you think you could do Archie Bunker today? Oh, he would. No, I don't know. I don't think so either. I don't think so. Mm, no, I don't think so. No, because it, it would have to be funny, and you can't be funny uh, talking about. Carol you know, O'Connor was a perfect example. There was no one. 
more uh, liberal and left of left than Carol Connor, but he understood how that brain worked, and it was brilliant writing, and it's one of the great characters ever. Yeah, and the perfect foil for Rob. I mean, wouldn't that be a perfect situation? Right now, I have a situation in comedy right now where, you know, Archie's a big Trump supporter and Rob's saying, are you insane? You know? <laughs> yeah. Drink the ammonium. <laughs> well, I think we would have found I guess so. Some show business thing. We would have been playing Holiday Inns and, uh, if, or Holiday Express, as they call them now, I guess. Hey guys, I mean, I really loved getting together like this, and uh, it's. We should. I have. I have, a, I have a podcast. We, should, we, we could go should, on my podcast. We should stalker call. Absolutely you have a podcast. I have a great podcast called "The Movies That Made Me," and it's we talk to people not about their careers, but about what movies made them want to do what it is. Well, who do. are you talking to? Let me guess. Who was on your last show? Meg Bacardo and Wendy Shaw. No, we haven't had any of those people. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> Uh, guys, I've had such a great. <laughs> All right, handsomes. Love you. Anyway, I love you. Bye. I love to you, see guys. you guys. Thanks, guys. Yeah, thanks, okay, bye. Thanks for bye. coming on. Take care. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh, yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.